Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, December 21st, 2020. Happy Monday to everybody out there, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Only a few days away. Can't wait for uh, December 25th to get here. Really looking forward to it. December 24th, for that matter, and just uh, all in all, looking forward for this week to uh, not come to an end, really, but just kind of excited about it. Excited about every single day is kind of the buildup for Christmas. I mean, think back to when you were a kid, the final days of Christmas, how exciting that was. And now as adults, for most of us, we're probably very stressed out uh, trying to get those final gifts, trying to plan things, especially when we have all these obstacles with our governors and all these other things. But we're going to try to stay a little more positive today. At least I'm going to try for a short time here in the introduction. Um, Anyway, I hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, the weekends seem to fly by so fast. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but I do know that, guys, 2020 is coming to an end quickly. And I think we're all happy about that. 2021 is uh, just over the horizon there, just down, just we can see it. We can see it. We're so close to it. But hopefully, some good times first here in 2020 with Christmas Day. Uh, New Year's Eve, lots of good things, lots of good times with family. Uh, hopefully you guys had a good weekend of eating lots of good food or bad food, whatever the case is, maybe uh, some different uh, drinks and concoctions and just uh, starting your Christmas holiday out early. Uh, uh, again, the, the weekend before Christmas, it's it's kind of cool that Christmas is on a Friday this year. Of all the days, it's probably the best day. I mean, think about it. Thursday, okay, so you got a three-day work week. Some Sometimes when it's in the middle of the week, you got to go back. Anyway, uh, I probably have to work the day after. You know, Plenty of people have to work uh, Saturdays or whatever, but Christmas on a Friday, just, I don't know, it fits. It, it's, it's pretty awesome. So Merry Christmas to all out there. Plenty of big sports news from over the weekend. Uh, number one, Can- Canelo Alvarez uh, with an absolutely amazing performance in the boxing ring. Saturday night, beating Callum Smith, a pretty decisive victory. First time we'd seen Canelo Alvarez in uh, over a year. You know, he usually fights in September and then kind of during Cinco de Mayo, uh, but with the the lockdown and everything, a lot of plans changed. So it was good to see him back in the ring. And man, he looked aggressive on Saturday night. I was so happy that I was able to get home and see the fight and see kind of what Canelo would do after such a long layoff. And I was very, very impressed. If you've not had a chance to see Canelo Alvarez fight, I mean, he's the pride of Mexico. He's he's just one of the best fighters in the business and uh, a true professional, really. A um, couple, couple things uh, I will get to uh, alongside of uh, Canelo Alvarez talking about that uh, with my brother Sam Hersema today. 
We're also going to talk about some of the mediocrity of Los Angeles football, meaning uh, the performance of the USC Trojans Friday night, as well as the Los Angeles Rams, their inept performance on Sunday. Absolutely embarrassing, and, and I think one of the worst losses in Los Angeles Rams history. Many of you out there are not Rams fans, and you're probably laughing and uh, you know, really enjoyed seeing the 0-13 Jets uh, beat the Rams in Los Angeles. But you know what? Uh, as mad as I am, it's not like it's anything new to me. If people are going to tease me and say, oh, your Rams lost, it's like, oh, the Rams lost? Oh, oh, really? Oh, man. Oh, that one hurt. I'm used to the Rams losing, pal. G- give me something. Uh, throw something at me I-, I can't handle. Yes, I get fired up when the Rams win and really angry when the Rams lose, but it's not like it's not something I don't I don't understand. That said, it was absolutely embarrassing on, on Sunday and really ruined the start of my Christmas week. It really did, losing to the 0-13 Jets. Shame on the Rams. But anyway, I'll talk to Sam about that. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about USC. That performance on Friday night at home was embarrassing. Uh, Clay Helton seems to always have the same responses in his press conference, every single excuse. He even went in there to talk about, yeah, we were put in a tough spot, not knowing who we were going to play a few days before. I'm so tired of people making excuses. Don't you hate that? Well, you know, the kids, they tried really hard and you just get so tired of excuses. People who underachieve, it's it's so bad. And and I, I'm so proud of being from Southern California, being in a Los Angeles area guy my whole life, but with the politics of the city and the state and the region, and then to see that the sports teams, uh, the, the way they play, it's just, I know the Dodgers and the Lakers, they've won and been successful. And, you know, it's a, we're very spoiled out here. SC's has some good years. The Rams, since they've been back overall, have been better. I, I know that, but I just cannot stand mediocrity. I cannot stand underachieving. And the Los Angeles Rams just, I, it shouldn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise, it's, it's a disappointment it shouldn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me. I guess is the best way to say it. But uh, terrible loss, just a terrible loss from the LA Rams on Sunday. And uh, for those Rams haters out there, hey, you you deserve to gloat. You deserve to bag on the Rams because when the 49ers lose, the the Cowboys, the Raiders lose. I know I sleep better at night. And uh, you know the LA Rams being here in LA, just a terrible performance. I hope it motivates them. I hope it 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 they flip they they're able to rebound from this they're going to seattle next week and uh you know you're in for a a rude awakening there if you don't uh, piece it together so hopefully this terrible loss motivates them or maybe they just fall off the map altogether anyway enough enough talking about that uh you'll hear about that with sam uh with some of our sports topics uh mainly about canelo alvarez the fight there uh the rams loss uh, Sam and I will talk about Christmas a little bit, some of our favorite Christmas movies. Ask him if he's ready now that you know we are less than a week away. So just stuff like that. Uh, looking back at some of the predictions I made from from uh, our Friday show, I did kind of run down some of the bowl games. Uh, I got a few of them right, and you know, man, I was close in some of the other ones. Uh, USC, you you screwed me in my pick there. Oregon, uh, you know, Oregon took the Pac-12 title. Oklahoma beat Iowa State by. Six points in the uh, Big 12 championship. And I got to hand it to Northwestern, man. They hung in there for a half, a half and a quarter maybe. And then Ohio State finally woke up and was able to, to, to win that game 22 to 10, I believe was the final score. 
but you got to hand it to Northwestern to hold Ohio State uh, and that high-powered uh, offense and uh, very athletic team, keeping them uh, very low scoring uh, on a neutral field, indoors, uh, no weather issues, just you know, man for man, uh, pound for pound, going up against each other. So uh, the Northwestern Wildcats are in good hands with Pat Fitzgerald, good program, one that I very much respect. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, that game was canceled due to COVID, which is uh, disappointing because two teams with very good records that I think would have had a, it would have been a good football game. Uh, San Jose State did beat Boise State. Ball State did beat Buffalo. Alabama rolled over Florida. Well, it didn't roll. It was a high-scoring game. Clemson destroyed Notre Dame, and Cincinnati uh, won their conference championship. So it was right in a few, very close in a couple other ones, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, close but no cigar, as they say. So uh, I was pleased with some of my predictions on Friday. Uh, man, the Florida-Alabama game, both quarterbacks throwing for over 400 yards. Those are two NFL guys right there. Uh, they're both going to be Heisman finalists, I'm sure. But the, the Alabama and Florida quarterbacks really played good football. Um, I, I do need to call out USC, not only for their terrible loss on Friday night. And I know I'm being insensitive and there's going to be plenty of well, Matt, you know, there's more to it than this. USC declining to go to a bowl game is a joke. It's an embarrassment to their program, and it's an embarrassment to anyone who's ever put on the USC uniform. What In what world were, were you able to play Friday night, and then all of a sudden Saturday or whatever day it was, Sunday maybe, I think it was Saturday, where, where you said, no, we're going to decline a bowl game. It's unsafe. Our, our players haven't seen their families and blah, 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 blah. USC, you really make it hard to, to root for you. Some of your fans, uh, you're making it very difficult to support you when you do stuff like this. All of this, 24 hours later, it's unsafe for your players? COVID-related? You don't want to travel to a bowl game? What on, What is that? That's an embarrassment to the University of Southern California and the Trojan Athletic Department. And whoever made that decision, I'm sure it was collectively made by administration and coaches and players, you're all a bunch of cowards. Every single one of you is a bunch of cowards. And I don't care all the sacrifices you say you've made over the past few months. Get in line. The entire country has been making sacrifices. You guys were still able to play a season. You said you weren't going to play. Then you changed your mind. You came back and then, oh, we're going to Pac-12 championship. So let me ask you this, USC. Had you won the Pac-12 championship convincingly and may have been in the conversation to be in the Pac-12 or excuse me, the uh, college football playoff, would you have still made the same decision? Would you have still said, no, we're not going to do this. We're happy with our 6-0 and season. We're done. Probably not. This is a real bad look on you and your program. And I followed you. I've supported you. This is a, I almost think the loss, well, the loss, Trojans have lost games before. But USC is supposed to represent the Pac-12, not just the Pac-12, but the West Coast. And for them to decline a bowl invitation, that is that is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I think any USC fans out there who do support the program, whether it be season ticket holders or boosters or whatever, 
I think you guys should seriously consider your support. And USC, their administration is a joke right now. They refused to fire Clay Helton. They got so many other issues on campus. And you're not going to have your brand, your product, go play a bowl game? Why? Because of COVID? You played a game Friday night. Well, you know, I don't want to hear it. I I just do not want to hear it. There's going to be some excuse that they're going to try to say is super valid. And it's just, it's a culture of mediocrity. It's one of my favorite phrases to use. But when you break down poor performance, ultimately, that's what I look at as. Losses happen. Just because you lose a game doesn't mean, okay, you're a mediocre program. You're an underachiever. It could mean that. But when you see a consistent just culture of mediocrity, that that's who you are. You are no longer one of the blue bloods of college football. If you're declining a bowl invitation, do I care if USC plays in the Alamo Bowl in 2020 or the Holiday Bowl or whatever bowl? Do I care? Not really. But do you think the University of Texas is turning down a bowl invitation? Do, do you think Michigan is? Do you think Florida? Do you think these blue blood programs that you you are pretending to say that you belong amongst those elite programs, do you think they would do that? And maybe some of them have, and I just haven't heard yet. I doubt it, though. Football is not the priority at USC that it once was. It's shown on the field. It's shown in the administration. And now it's showing it's a spit in the face to all the fan base, to all the people who constantly support the program. And Southern California and West Coast football altogether, even if you hate USC, this is an embarrassment for the Pac-12 and West Coast football. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, in a related story, the Rose Bowl, or I should say the College Football Playoff Committee, decided to move one of the playoff games that was supposed to be played in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, in Pasadena, California, one of the best sites in all the sports, New Year's Day at the Rose Bowl. They moved that game from California to Texas. And I have no sympathy for California, for Pasadena, for the Tournament of Roses, none at all. And yes, ultimately, this is probably Gavin Newsom's fault for saying, no, it's unsafe to have crowds at games. The college football playoff is not going to have their games played at a site where you don't allow fans. The families of players, the families of coaches, school administrators. This shows what a joke California is. California, you you just cost yourself and the community a lot of money. A lot of people that the 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 revenue that comes out of the Rose Bowl game every year, let alone when it's a playoff game, you just cost the city of Pasadena an ungodly amount of money. And much like USC not playing in a bowl game, the state of California should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Gavin Newsom, I know you got bigger issues at hand than a football game in January. All right. But this is what happens when you make blanket statements and just try to be an emperor and say, oh, we can't, uh, no fans at games, regardless, never. No, you can't do it. When, when 49ers have to leave the state to play football. And now the biggest game, the biggest stage in college football, a national semifinal, the Rose Bowl, granddaddy of them all, that game has to move to Texas. I don't know if they'll still call it a Rose Bowl. I, I don't think they should. 
They shouldn't get the name. And uh, the Rose Bowl in January, I mean, it's going to be a ghost town and it's going to be a weird sight to not see that on either January 1st or a few days after. So um, to the state of California, shame on you. Once again, you, you continue to just make the wrong decisions at all times. And now this game's going to get played in Texas. That's the thing is you say, well, you can't play this game with fans in our state. Okay, they're going to play that game somewhere else with fans. So it's not like you're prohibiting people going to the game. They're just going to move the game somewhere else and the people are still going to be there. So you're not accomplishing anything. Just because you draw your line in the sand and say, well, you know, this is deadly and unsafe and thousands will die. It's not going to change anything. The game is still going to get played now with fans in another state, a state that allows fans to be there. And just like Los Angeles Dodgers fans should have seen a World Series championship in Los Angeles, or at least some World Series games played in Los Angeles, now the Rose Bowl is going to be played in Texas in a national semifinal. And the Rose Bowl... Maybe it gets brushed aside and it never recovers from this. I don't know. But this cancellation and restrictions and everything, it's just, it's at, we're at a boiling point with this stuff. I mean, people still don't want to celebrate Christmas. Can't do it. It's unsafe. It's very unsafe. What do you mean unsafe? It's unsafe to gather with 5, 10 people, 15, whatever the number is. It's unsafe to do that, but I was at the grocery store today. There was probably 50 people there. Like, we're just so, none of this stuff makes sense. Every time, it, you know, people just want to panic, and I'm just so sick and tired of this stuff. And I'm a little more frustrated because of how the football teams performed uh, this weekend. But, you know, COVID, all these restrictions, the lockdown, it's ruining lives. It continues to ruin lives more than, much more, much more than it does damage uh, people physically. Yes, I know, Matt, your incentive. I know there's people who've got it and have, are on ventilators and people have died. I know. But again, almost 14 million people have recovered from this thing. 14 million. Not di disregarding the 300,000 deaths. But look at the numbers. Just look at them. I, are we going to continue to live in fear or are we going to... How long are we going to live in fear? That's my question. Let's say, okay, fine. We'll live in fear. How long do we live in fear? When does fear go away? USC, afraid. Rose Bowl, California, afraid. When does fear end? Or does it never end? And that's just how people expect you to live your lives from here on out. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm absolutely not. I'm celebrating Christmas, whether it's with just me and Val or a couple people. I, I'm celebrating Christmas. I'm not afraid. I'm living my life and you should too. Anyway, let's get to my interview with Sam Hersema. Talk about some uh, sports. Talk about some of the, some more of the things that I've mentioned already. Uh, happy Monday to everyone out there. Uh, I know I'm rambling away, but uh, you know what? 
it's going to be that kind of week, I think. Maybe we'll have uh, happier times on Wednesday and Friday when we talk to Bill Barnes and our guest on Friday, who I will tell you all about uh, at the end of the interview with Sam. But let's get right to that interview with Sam Hersema. Let me take a uh, glass of water here, and then we'll uh, jump right into it with uh, Sam Hersema as we, as we break down some of the sports from the weekend and uh, talk a little bit about the Christmas season. Okay, happy Monday to everybody out there. Unfortunately, it's not a happy Monday for my brother Sam and I. We're recording Sunday night after one of the worst losses in Los Angeles Rams history. And Sam, you and I have seen quite a few losses from our beloved Los Angeles Rams. I really do think uh, this one takes the cake. Happy Sunday to you, my brother. How are you doing this evening? Not so good, Matt. <laughs> Straight garbage from the Rams today. Um, bad. I really, Just bad. I really don't don't even know what else to say. I mean, uh, you know, Sam. No, you know, I don't know if people want to tune in here and listen to us. Uh, complain about the Rams, but but that's just what they're going to have to hear today a little bit. And and I'm and I'm dead serious when I say you and I have seen a lot of Rams losses. That's what we grew up on. We had a few magical years when they were in St. Louis. Coach, they have all these good things, but you know what? This, quite honestly, I, I said it just now. I think this really is one of the worst losses the Rams have ever had. I mean, they just lost to an zero and thirteen New York Jets team that really has looked like one of the worst teams in NFL history. I like Sam Darnold. You know, I, I like, uh, you know, our New York roots. But the New York Jets have no business coming into Los Angeles and beating the Rams, who were 9-4, and four, and now are 9-5. and five. And I'm really worried about their, their seeding in the playoffs now. You've lost to a team that all the coaching staff has hats that look like the Starbucks logo. <laughs> that pretty much sums up the team you lost to. Yeah, yeah. They're no, the rant, like, like, a, dude, like, kind of like I've been saying. I know you're, I know you're kind of on the same page as I am. The Rams are not a contender. They're really not. I don't care what their record said two weeks ago. I don't care what it says now. They're just, they are what they are. They're, they're going to get into the playoffs, and then they're going to be, they're going to lose in the first round probably. It feels like 2017 when McVay first got there, they were like, okay, they have some nice wins. Uh, hey, this team kind of is going to be back in the playoffs. But that team lost in the first round to Atlanta, uh, the wild card round, and that was kind of all that was expected. There's more expectations for this team. And they looked absolutely like garbage today. And, and, I, and I truly mean that. It was, it was like they didn't know the game had started. They, they spotted the Jets 13 points. And I'll say this, Sam, I don't care who is on the other sideline, who is on the other side of the ball. In the National Football League, anybody can beat anybody at any given time. And I don't care what a point spread is. I don't care what records are. It's the National Football League. Anything can happen. And if you don't come ready to play, you could get beat. And that's what happened today. I, hey, I'm not taking anything away from the Jets. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be 0-13 and to be motivated to, to show up and play a game when you're that bad. But you know what they did today? They showed up. They looked like the 9-4 and football team today. The Rams looked like the team that hadn't had a win yet. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have – I mean, I wish I would have bet on this game because I, 
I was talking to my uh, buddy at work, and he was like, oh, yeah, the Rams game is going to be televised, and we're not going to – no one's going to want to see a blowout. And I was like, no, nah, don't sleep on the Rams to uh, screw up the game they're supposed to win. That's usually <laughs> the games they lose. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm not a betting man, but when I saw the point spread, I said the Rams were favored by 13 or whatever. I go – I'd take that bet in a heartbeat because for sure the Jets are going to come in and play well. So what what – if you had to sum it up, Sam, what frustrated you the most? Was it the offense? Was it the offensive line? Was it the defensive, uh, the secondary, the special teams? I know it was the entire team looked terrible, but if you had to pick one thing, what would you say was the most frustrating thing from Sunday? Oh, all of it. But uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the offense and the, and again, the McVeigh is an offensive genius. I get that, but sometimes it's just, it seems like when people, when other teams figure him out, like I've said in the past, he doesn't adjust. He has a plan. He has a game plan and he doesn't change it no matter what. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the problem. I mean, like, like the offense, in all honesty, the offense didn't look, abysmal but they didn't look good they didn't look like the team that they are where they're supposed to be I would say the first quarter and a half was pretty rough and and you know what hey to me that's that's coaching you see a team maybe struggle I'll say this I thought McVeigh adjusted enough He, he he had a plan it wasn't working but it was too little too late what I'm frustrated with is they had two big plays in the second half late in the game one they looked like they were going to potentially take the lead on two running plays that came back for, for a holding penalty and a block in the back. And those are just penalties you cannot have. You can't have them. I, I don't understand hitting a guy in the back. I will never understand that. Uh, in, in, and holding, okay, a guy gets away from you, whatever. But both of those penalties were legit right at the point of attack. And, I, I, I mean, <laughs> you just can't have those. You take, the, you take those blocks away, maybe the tackle gets made. But those are two big plays that probably change the game. And if you don't commit penalties there, it's maybe a different story. So uh, those two really hurt. Those two really hurt. And I like the two guys who committed the penalties. But, oh, it's just – it sums up uh, kind of the season, doesn't it? Well, Higby got two calls on him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So there's part of your problem. And I think it was one uh, – I think it was his Higby's second block in the back that that was kind of like, you know, a mistake was made on his end, but it was, if you re- like when they slowed it down, it was almost like the defender baited him a little bit, which it was a good, it was a good call. Don't get me wrong, but it was a, you know, it happens. It's one of those things one every once in a while it happens, but it's, it happened too much today. Yeah. You should never, you should never get that, that, uh, that called on you twice in one game, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And, and the Rams defense, they played okay. I mean, they they got pushed around a little bit that first quarter they were thrown to the running back and and defensively uh, I thought they adjusted. Okay. But man, Jared Goff, that one interception was so bad. Uh, The the Rams ran the ball a little bit, but I tell you, Sam, you and I text every, every time there's a game on, I cannot stand these one yard passes or the passes that go for negative yardage. Any team that does that really, it, it drives me absolutely crazy. I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic. I don't ever want to question McVay, but I thought 
He got out coached today. The Rams got outplayed today. And uh, it was a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And it should have been two picks for golf. <laughs> yeah. The one floater. But it, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, dude, like, he randomly, it's, it's weird. Yeah. He's, he, he seems like the best coach in the league for about half of the games out of the season. And he seems like a good coach. And then he seems like the worst coach in the league about four to five games out of the season. Make up yeah. your mind. Change, change, change up the game a little bit, please. Something. I mean, you got to do something. And uh, it, it's just frustrating. I, I love the Rams. I love Sean McVay. But after looking back at all the losses you and I have seen over the years with the LA Rams, St. Louis, whoever, uh, I do really believe this is one of the worst losses in franchise history because hands down, you were the better team. And the other team had nothing to play for, just trying to finish out the season. And you could have clinched a playoff spot today. But guess what, Sam? With this loss, the Rams don't clinch a playoff spot. There is still a chance with two Sundays left that they may miss the playoffs. And you know what? I have no sympathy for them. I'm a diehard Rams fan, as I know you are. I have zero sympathy for this team if they miss the playoffs because they screw around and they're leaving it up to their final two games against the Seahawks and the Cardinals, uh, two of the best teams in football. So the Los Angeles Rams have nobody to blame but themselves. I'm tired of excuses and I'm tired of, of hearing uh, the reasons why they didn't play well. That was absolutely ridiculous today. No, it's just, there's nothing else to say. It's just garbage. Garbage. They, I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend my team. Yeah. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Well, no. Horrendous. Horrendous. Terrible. I'll use any adjective you want. It was, it was miserable. And now, now you and I have to sit around for a week waiting for this team to hopefully play better. Uh, I don't know about you. You don't like Christmas. Anyway, my Christmas is ruined. I told Val that today. I go, I wanted to see a victory going into my Christmas uh, week here. And now that's taken away from me. So uh, yes, I care probably too much about a professional team, but Sam, you and I have, that's, this is how we operate over the years. We've always, we've always lived and died with the Rams and, uh, we have our other teams too, but the Rams are, are everything to us and a very tough way to go into the Christmas week. Well, now that I know that it ruined your Christmas, I think it's well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> My good brother, Sam the Grinch, as always. Well, we'll talk more about Christmas later, Sam. But I will say there is – we'll get into NFL, we'll get into college, but let's talk a little fighting first of all. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, his first fight in over a year, he fought um, on Saturday night against Callum Smith, uh, who was undefeated, 27-0, I believe. And I don't know how much you saw of the, of the fight, of the boxing match. Um, I'm sure you've seen highlights uh, by now. But Canelo Alvarez looked amazing. He was on the offensive all night. His feet, his feet were constantly in motion towards the opponent. Smith was the taller man, almost six inches taller than Canelo. And mm -hmm. Alvarez just constantly was on the offensive, not just with his, with his punches, but with his feet. And, and Callum Smith was backing up all night. So I thought it was a really interesting strategy from Canelo Alvarez. He looked fresh. He looked excellent in his return to the ring, his first fight uh, since, I believe, September of 2019. So what are your thoughts on the Canelo's uh, big return to the ring? Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, he, there's not much else to say. Like he, and it's, it's kind of weird. It, his, uh, his strategy, was, it's very, it was very weird for him because he is somebody who waits and lets you like, 
basically breaks you down by letting you letting you do your own thing first. But so to see him on the offensive, I I only watched like two or three rounds because obviously I wasn't going to pay for it. Um, (laughs) But I wasn't in a place where I could watch it um, clearly. So, uh, but I did I did get a few rounds in, and he looked amazing. He just looked straight dominance. Yeah. Well, well, two or three rounds is really all you needed. I mean, I think Canelo will probably run 10 of the 12 rounds. I just was impressed by how fresh he looked. He's an older guy now, but he really hasn't lost a step. Uh, I, I hope he can uh, fight again moving forward. He's the type of guy, much like Fury, much like all these other big fighters, I wish fought more than like twice a year. You know what I mean? He's paid his dues, but it seems like we only get 30 minutes twice a year of Canelo Alvarez, and I just wish we saw more of him. But money talks. Oh yeah, definitely. When he, <laughs> he, I, th- he's probably like the the most humble fighter I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really talk shit. And then like even the, even the whole like when they were asking him about Jake Paul and all that shit, <laughs> he was just like, no, I'm not gonna give him a fight. Yeah. I'm gonna give him a fight. You can come spar with me if you want. I'll show you what it's all about, son. <laughs> I think Canelo's a professional man. He he's a real pro. Um, you know, he's the the most sacred son of Mexico for sure. They love him. Uh, I mean, uh, he, he's so much fun to watch. He he really did. He was not sitting back last night. He was on the offensive, and I think he knew he had a pretty good op- opponent in Smith, a guy who's taller than him, and he couldn't sit back and kind of play it out. He had to go forward, and uh, I'm really looking forward to his next fight. Uh, I think Callum Smith will be okay moving forward. It was a good lesson for him. Uh, but Canelo Alvarez, I mean, what else can you say about him? He's just a pro. He's a, a true competitor, and I really look forward to fight him, seeing him fight. And let's see, it's December. So hopefully around Cinco de Mayo, we get to see him again, you know? Oh, that's very fitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So a, a great fight from the weekend. Canelo in control um uh all all evening so that was a lot of fun to kind of start at least my weekend uh but you know what if you want to talk about mediocre football teams in los angeles sam uh there happens to be another one i'm not talking about the chargers we know they're kind of a bad football team but when you talk about mediocrity in los angeles you can't talk about that without mentioning the previously undefeated usc trojans who i know they've only played five games but they were five and no uh were and they had a home game in the Pac-12 championship on Friday night where they were playing the second best team from the North because of COVID, not the best team. And they still got pushed around in a big game. Just, just, just absolutely looked horrible. Tried to stage a comeback too little too late. And once again, another big USC game, another underachieving moment. Uh, I have no sympathy for the Trojans, none at all. And you look at it. I mean, they could had they had they showed up and dominated, absolutely dominated a pretty good team. They may have gotten a sniff at the at the at the college football playoff. I, I don't think they deserve it. But once again, Sam, you, you look back at other bowl games with Clay Helton and this football team, USC has got to be the most underachieving football team in America. They have been for the past like six years. I know. I, I guess I'm not, I, I I shouldn't be surprised. You're right. And you're not gonna you're not gonna win a game throwing three interceptions. No. So I I, I don't take the Pac-12 seriously. Still don't don't care. Um, 
I'll watch the college football playoff, but it's whatever. I don't care. Hey, <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame got in. Hmm? Yeah, who knew you could you could get slaughtered in your final game and uh, get in the college football playoff? One one of the few uh one of the few uh you know problems with the college football playoff, but hey, that's just me. Uh anyway, I know they they played a pretty good team in Clemson, but yeah, you you're right, Sam. The Pac-12 absolute joke. A 4 and 2 team is the Pac-12 champion. And uh you you know what made me sick to my stomach, Sam, is the following day after USC gets uh beat at home uh, in a December game, a big game, they tell the NCAA or whoever the governing body is, they decline to go to a bowl game. USC, the University of Southern California, says we're not, we're choosing to decline to go to a bowl game uh, because of COVID, because uh, of traveling, because of uh, be, because of whatever. I mean, that made me. They opt not to play a bowl game bringing the season to a close that makes me absolutely sick. And it makes me roll my eyes and say, you know what UFC, you want to be one of the blue bloods. You want to be one of these top teams in the country and you're deciding to not play in a bowl game because of COVID-19. What, uh, what is that? What Sam, what, just when you think thought things couldn't be worse, doesn't that speak volumes about the mediocrity of the USC football program? speaks volumes of the Pac-12 in general. Agreed. I don't. No. No, you want to be, I'm sorry, but you want to be a bunch of pussies and not and throw a tantrum because of some, some fake virus? I don't give a shit. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm dude. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a real virus. It, it kills one American a year. <laughs> Get it right, Sam. 99. 8% of people survive and there's a, uh, you know, a lot less, you know, whatever percentage that doesn't, but um, USC is, I think deep down USC is using this as an excuse to not have to play a non-packed wolf team. That's what it seems like. Don't tell me it's about a virus when you played a football game Friday night, what happened overnight where you're like, well, we can't, I don't think we can do this. I, it, medically it's not safe. What happened overnight Trojans? What happened? You got embarrassed on national television, and now you don't want to play a game. What's all? Take your ball and go home. You're a disgrace. You and everyone else in the Pac-12. Do you agree, Sam? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not. A, I am officially not a USC fan anymore. I haven't. I haven't been anything Pac-12 since since they since the season started six weeks before they decided to start their season. Yeah, I, I, I'm just so tired. Uh, to, uh, let's see, what, what was a quote here? Clay Helton said in a statement that he was inspired by the player's sacrifice over previous six months, that he shared the desire to, quote, stay healthy and be with loved ones during the holidays. They did everything we asked of them to uh, abide by the challenging guidelines they had to follow and stay. I can't even, okay, I'm stopping right there. I, I'm, I'm tired of, of people who are given opportunities college football, you're given an opportunity to play. You're given an opportunity to go to school. You're given an opportunity for all these things. And you act like USC is anyway, acting like these guys are sacrificing going to war or something. It's ridiculous. It, it, it speaks volumes again of the PAC 12, but especially SC who's in our backyard. 
and, and just, oh, how awful and how horrible this was. The entire country's going through this. Quit, I, don't you hate, Sam? Take it outside of football. Take it to your work. Take it to whatever. Don't you hate when people act like they're the only ones in life with problems? They're the only ones going through life with obstacles? Don't you hate that? Yeah, 100%. It, we just had... We did, we just had at my work, we had somebody who I work with very closely who tested positive. We had the same people, this, those same type of people that were like, oh my goodness, was I, was I in contact with him? Like, wait, should I go home? I'm just like, no, bitch. I was in contact with that person every single day and I'm still working. Stop complaining. <laughs> oh my God. You're spread, you're, you're spreading the virus, Sam. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, hopefully it takes out more people. Shut up. <laughs> We're here to do a job. You know what's crazy, Sam, is that we, we live in this age where it's like one and the same. It's everyone is a hero. Everyone's a hero. Everybody. And also everyone's a victim. Every single person's a victim and has a horrible life. It's like, which one is it? Do we understand what heroes and victims truly are anymore? Everyone thinks their sob story makes them a hero or makes them, uh, you know, have the, the ultimate mountain to climb and makes them a victim. It's like, dude, you're taken away from the people that really are victims or from the true heroes out there. At least that's, those are my thoughts. I mean, do you kind of understand what I'm saying there? Everybody complains about something, man. And everyone, every victim is claiming, basically claiming to be a hero. I'm tired of it. it <laughs> Just sit down, shut up, and do your job. Ooh, that's not bad. That is not bad. Well, uh, plenty more to talk about here. College football, uh, big news. Speaking of uh, the, uh, the softness of California, of the West Coast, did you ever think you'd see the Rose Bowl moved from Pasadena? Outside of Pasadena, Sam, it was moved out of state because a lot. it was supposed to be a college football playoff game this year. And the committee, uh, after some of the – prospective teams said well california's not going to allow fans we're going to boycott the game or this is ridiculous so the college football committee god bless them says california you're not going to have fans okay we're going to texas we're going to jerry's world the place you and i went to last year and i think it's fantastic because there's going to be fans and i love the rose bowl i love pasadena on new year's day i love when it's part of the playoff or the championship but you know what uh screw you rose bowl screw you pasadena and this is all on you, Governor Newsom. You just, you cost the city and the state one of the best traditions in all of sports. And I applaud the college football playoff for saying, nope, we're going to have fans in Texas. That's perfect. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. There are better gun laws out there anyway. So just <laughs> play the game where, where America is still free. Yeah. No doubt about it. I said the roses are red in Texas, man. I mean, you, you don't you don't need uh, to play in the Royal Seiko. I mean, I think it's it's great. California, they have ruined so many so many things. They've ruined taxes. They've ruined uh, housing. They've ruined college sports, pro sports. I mean, this state is is an atrocity, and, and I need to get out, Sam. I want out so bad. I know you do too. But this is, again, one more reason where California and the left coast is an absolute joke. It, it gets worse and worse every day. I'm so sick and tired of this state. 
Even me both. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm I'm taking it as far as I I don't know if I'm going to be able to root for the NALA team anymore. I've thought about that. I, I've seriously thought about that because I'm like, I'm very proud of being from here, or at least I was. And now every day I'm like, wait a minute, am I really? Am I really proud of it? You know, especially when teams perform the way they do and then how they refuse to even play in some cases. I'm like, what, where is my loyalty now? I, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to continue here. So uh, anyway, uh, Sam, the college football playoff, there is going to be one. They are going to play in Texas. They're going to play in New Orleans. Um, what are your thoughts on the teams that ended up making the playoff? It looks like we're going to have Alabama against Notre Dame and Clemson against Ohio state on January 1st, a nice double header. Uh, what are your thoughts on who uh, on the selection of the teams and who do you see coming out of that final four? Clemson, Alabama, and then Clemson takes it all, but okay. uh, they, they just look too good. Um, but you know, Nick Saban, he is who he is. So you never know, but yeah, decent selections. I don't know much about, I don't know much about the rest of the, the of college football, but it seemed like the best teams except for Notre Dame. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of dislike them. That's right. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of a uh, field goal. Jesus. Field goal. Jesus. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, uh, Sam, as far as other action in the NFL on Sunday, um, I know you may or may not have watched a ton of it, but, uh, the game at the, on Sunday night, I mean, the Browns, it was the giants and the giants aren't the greatest of football teams, but, uh, Hey, every team in the NFL is, uh, uh, can win a game as we saw today in Los Angeles, but the Cleveland Browns improved to 10 and four, uh, first time they've had 10 wins in a very long time. Baker Mayfield, uh, not my favorite guy, but Continues to win. Didn't throw for uh, any interceptions. Uh, put up almost 300 yards. I mean, the Browns look good Sunday night. And I can't believe it, but the Cleveland Browns have 10 wins, man, and uh, might be chasing down the Steelers for that division title. Yeah, your boy, your, your boy Baker, he's looking great. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. They, they're a sleeper. They're a sleeper. They're not, they're not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but they're – well, anybody they—they're they're a force to be reckoned with. You gotta—you gotta actually see that, especially since Odell's out. But isn't it say something that like when Odell's out, the team does better? When you take away the prima donna receiver, a football team does better. You know, running the football and playing defense—that'll take a team pretty far and that opens up the passing game for a guy like baker mayfield when he has to do it all or they're trying to force the ball to someone like odell i think the team struggles so i think the team has really found some rhythm here and again they're playing good defense and they're running the ball all this fancy spread offense uh, running quarterbacks all this stuff that the, everyone says the league changes blah 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 ultimately the good teams run the ball and play good defense right yeah, have you noticed? Have you noticed that trend is actually coming back around? Of course, it's December. Eight teams are going back to it. It's not. It's not. It's not high flying offenses this, this season as much as it has been in the past, like five years. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of been people are reverting back to the run game because it's slow and steady wins the race, and they're having better defenses, with the exception of the Chiefs. Well, but, let me ask you this, Sam. Let me ask you this about the Chiefs. Uh, w- without w- maybe watching the game, would you say that the Chiefs threw for over 300 yards or they ran for over 150 yards? If you had to pick one of those numbers, which number would you take? Ooh. With Mahomes? Shit. I, I would put that at probably the Chiefs threw over 300. Yeah, right? You, you would think that. And, and again, you think of good teams. You think of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, they had a big win today, 32-29 over the New Orleans Saints, a potential uh, Super Bowl preview, right? But I'll tell you what, Sam, guess what? The Chiefs threw for 254 yards, and they ran the ball for 179 yards. So even a team like the Chiefs, you think is just this high-flying, throw-the-ball-every-play, they have a running game, right? I mean, they they're throwing for under 300 yards and rushing for almost 200. I mean, that's balance. That's dangerous. If you give Patrick Mahomes 180 yards rushing on the ground, that's an unstoppable offense. So again, running the football and playing defense, maybe, maybe not the most dominant of defense, but you got to have a running game in this league. I think, even though the quarterbacks get all these stats and everything. So you're right. It is coming back. You're seeing more and more of it. And in December, in the playoffs, it's got to be a factor, right? Even with the weather getting nasty and everything. Yeah, dep- depending on let's see, depending on what teams get into the playoffs. You know, we got dome teams, we got we got outdoor teams, basically. But yeah, it'll be. I, th- I think the I think the running game is always going to be the most important aspect of an offense, regardless of what you think the quarterback how important the quarterback is. You have to have a legitimate run game. Yeah. See, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, do you think they threw for more yards or, or ran for more yards today in their victory over Washington 20 to 15? Mm. Russell Wilson, pretty good, right? Throws the ball quite a bit. Well, the Seahawks, I would say, yeah. I, I would say rushing more. You think they ran more? Yeah. Okay, I mean, you're, that's your that's your guess or whatever. But but the numbers are crazy. Seahawks ran rushed for 180 yards, much like the Chiefs. They only threw for 120, so they rushed for way more yards than they pass. Again, this is another team, uh, a team that won on Sunday running the football. Uh, okay, you can have all. I'm not saying passing is bad. Like passing yards are a bad thing, or maybe there's days you don't have more passing yards or whatever. But I think the better teams in December, the teams you see successful because you're going up against really good defenses in the playoffs and everything too, running the football, man, I'm telling you. And that's why I thought the Rams were, were heading in a good direction. I thought, okay, they're depending more on the run, but they just laid an egg today. I, I mean, Tom Brady threw for 390 yards today. I mean, quite, quite a bit of yards, uh, but they also, uh, they also rushed uh decently as well i mean well no i can't say that they rushed for like 50 yards uh, so that happens too but running the football if you can't run the football at all you're gonna have a tough time in the playoffs no matter who you're playing up against of course it's <laughs> we all saw it when what in the when the rams made the super bowl run who'd they sign they signed and Gurley was kind of banged up. C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. They had to have a running back to get him through the playoffs, and he really did. Yeah. 
that, that, that man single-handedly like handled the playoffs, except when it came down to the Super Bowl. I don't know what the hell McVay was doing. <laughs> studied yeah. too much. He studied too much. Yeah, it's, all, it, it's always about – it always comes back to the running game. Slow and steady. Run, 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 run. Open up the, the pass. Yeah. yeah. Run, to, run to open up the pass. Some teams throw to open up the run, but, you know, when you have the, when you have the ball at the end of the game and the clock's running, you're trying to run the clock out, you don't execute passing plays. You need to be able to get three or four yards of carry when the other team knows that you're going to run the ball. That to me is what football is all about. The other team knows you're going to run and they have to stop you and you run the ball anyway. And you see the good teams that are able to do it and the not so good teams. Well, they're sitting home in January. Yeah. And that's where it all comes back to your line. Oh, line baby. The unsung heroes. They, they never get enough credit. I don't understand it. You get the you get those O line that j- those O linemen that just want to go kill somebody, <laughs> not metaphorically, literally. Yeah, exactly. Paid paid to uh to to put some pain out there. So, oh man. Well, Sam, we got uh, one more game on Monday. Uh, we do get a Christmas Day matchup. Uh, the Vikings and the Saints. We don't get football on Christmas too often. It's usually like an NBA type of holiday, but we do get a football game on Christmas day. I think that's pretty awesome. And uh, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on kind of the NBA coming back? It's like this short off season and all of a sudden here we are while, while football's still going. Do you think NBA, the NBA should just kind of wait a little longer? I know they're not going to, but don't you think they should just wait a bit longer and be like, Hey, let's just wait till the NFL's over. No. No, definitely not. I, I think this is great. We still have multiple sports going on. It's it's fun. It's True. I know some I know some players were like Anthony Davis and LeBron sat out for the first two games, but they, they ended up coming they ended up coming back for the third preseason game. I think it's gonna be great. We're gonna, just you have to get back to normalcy at some point. And yeah. and you in in order to do that, you have to start a season a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. or a new season a little bit earlier or whatever. Yeah. That's why the, the off season is going to have to be a shorter span. It's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. There's going to be one year. You're going to have to do it. Pick your fucking year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and what's crazy, Sam is like, you know, we, we, there was all this buildup to the football season. There was delays. There was this, there was that. I applaud the NFL for being able to stay on schedule, having to move games around or whatever, but everyone's played. They're, uh, they're 14 games as of now, and there's two weeks in the season left. Before you know it, it's going to be over, and we're going to be like, man, I miss football. Uh, the playoffs are coming up right after a New Year's, and that's going to go quick. So as much as we love football and we think that it's just this year-round thing, I mean, it's almost over. It's almost over. Uh, yeah, that's definitely going to suck. I, you actually just made me think of an interesting question that I have for you. Oh, for me? Okay. Yeah. We have the Super Bowl. The day before, we'll say, just to play devil's advocate, Patrick Mahomes tests Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes test positive. Okay. 
do you postpone the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I don't postpone the Super Bowl. No, you don't? I let him play, too. I say, hey, it's the last game. Sorry, guys. Anyone who doesn't want to play, they don't have to play. But Patrick Mahomes is playing the Super Bowl. That's what I say. I wish I was in charge. No. <laughs> if you, if you t- if it, in, in my head, if you test positive and you still – and you can still play that they would never let that happen because that, 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 that goes against what the media says. But I think that, I think that if you, if a player were to test positive and say, no, screw this, I'm playing. Yeah. Just let it happen. Just like, (laughs) just like, just like in this world we're living in today with all these fake lockdowns and everything. No, I think everyone should have to go out into society today and it should be illegal to wear a mask. Anybody who wears a mask gets arrested. No, let's just, <laughs> let's, let's burn this off. Let's burn just it finally off. burn it off. Let it bleed. Even I like it. To, yeah. Even if you have to take thousands of lives with you, just, just burn it off. <laughs> oh, my brother, the uh, instigator for sure. Well, and that's the thing. If you're terrified, just stay indoors, stay home. Like the purge, stay home. You know, if you're yeah, afraid. Nobody likes you. When, nobody likes you anyways. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I, I do think some of the lockdown stuff is pretty ridiculous. And uh, I can't believe the fear that is inside some people, but if, yeah, if this, if that did happen with the Super Bowl, it could possibly happen. I think there's going to be a mini bubble when they get that far. Uh, but there are possibilities of testing and I could see them pushing the game back one week maybe, but I do know the NFL television sponsors, they want that game played on uh, the first Sunday in February, uh, no matter what it takes. So I don't know, Sam. I really don't know. But as far as society goes, I think there's been a lot of overreactions here. And it just continues. You see it every day, I'm sure, in your job. But you, you already mentioned some of the people that are like, oh, my goodness, someone tested positive. What are we going to do? We get, we get emails every week about people who test positive. I look at them. I go, <laughs> okay, whatever. And I keep working. That's it. Let me guess. Let me guess. They survived. Yeah. Oh. One of them is my employee. One of them is my employee, actually. And he survived. I can't believe he survived a ninety-nine point eight nine percent survival rate. That's shocking to me. It's 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 a miracle. I, I yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it absolutely is a Christmas miracle. I just. People want to say, oh, 300,000 people have died. I'm like, yeah, but 13 and a half, almost 14 million people have survived. <laughs> so what do you want to, what, what's your point here? Like people want to focus on the negative all the time. And you're not the most optimistic guy in the world. You focus on negative things, but like, don't you think we just have this serious problem of complaining all the time and focusing on negative things? Not, not, not talking about the Rams and losing to the Jets. That's just, hey, we won't talk about it anymore. But you know what I mean, Sam? How some people are just so dang negative all the time. Yeah, everyone's negative all the time. And I'm not, I'm not a negative person. I'm just realistic. Real? I know. Yeah. You, <laughs> you think positive. I'll be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Home but, Alone, great line. Yeah, but... You know, like we always want to focus. We want to focus on the one percent. We want to focus on the the transgenders that want to be in the military. We want to focus on the 
women who, who were raped that want to get an abortion. And we want to focus on the people who are dying from this coronavirus. It's, you're focusing on the, the 1% right now, and I'm, I'm tired of it. The rest of us need to start kind of living our lives a little bit. Yeah, I think there's some, there's some truth to that. The exception versus the rule, you know, uh, spirit of the law, letter of the law. There's definitely um, some, some topics there uh, where, where it should be a little more clear with people. So uh, very, very well said, Sam. Um, well, approaching on Friday will be uh, your favorite holiday, Christmas Day. Chris, it's start Christmas Eve, of course, and you and I have a little tradition where we try to get an In-N-Out burger in on Christmas Eve. Uh, been doing it a long time, but, but Sam, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak freely here. I know you're not that into Christmas, but what are your thoughts on Christmas? I mean, it, it, you can talk about the negativity of it if you want. Go ahead. The floor is yours. What, what is Sam Hersema's thoughts on the, the spirit of Christmas and the holiday itself? And, you, and you're allowed to say Christmas, by the way. You don't have to say holiday. But it, it's, it's okay on this show. Well, is it okay for me to say happy holiday too? <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you like, but I'll do that for Halloween for you if you want. <laughs> No, Merry Christmas to everybody as always. Uh, you know, my, my, it's not the holiday that, that I hate. It's the, it's the people around the holiday. <laughs> it's the actual holiday. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's nice. It's always fun, but uh, the expectations of other people are the is what annoys me the most nobody nobody cares about the real reason for christmas anymore they care about getting presents under the tree <clears throat> but but don't you think i mean as far as a gift like i know you don't like taking the time to buy gifts for people but deep down i think you do i think you come across like you hate it but but you do a pretty good job of it i think you talk about the whole spirit of christmas the reason behind it i think Deep down, that is the spirit of Christmas. It's giving to others, much like we were given so much, you know, 2,000 years ago. I mean, without getting too philosophical or religious about it, I think when people are giving, and we know that we, like you just mentioned, we know the difference between the fake people that just give to like, oh, look how great I am, or oh, yeah, look how much money I spend, against the people that really do care, really do Hey, one day a year, one week a year, I'm going to think about my friends or family or whatever, because yeah, I agree with you. There's plenty of fake people out there and you and I have seen that uh, a lot. <laughs> people that just spend money and be like, Oh, I don't really care about you, but here's your gift. Well, that's how I, that's how I felt about Christmas for the past decade. It's like, you know, dad, dad puts the dad, dad always Dad always has those great gifts. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I actually used <laughs> this, this is the funny story is dad last year, he got us a, a massive roll of duct tape. Yes, sir. As you remember? Yes, sir. And I went out, bought all my gifts. I actually bought gifts this year. I did not get gift cards the way I usually do it. <laughs> and I started, I was going to start rapping and I was like, damn it, I don't have any scotch tape here or, you know, any of the wrapping tape. So I, I looked at my, I looked around, I was just like, I got this massive roll of duct tape, about half of it left. That's what I'm using as my wrapping tape. Heck yeah. 
Yeah. I so love it. It's like, I, I don't care what people think. So, and, and then like, just as a joke for dad, as I wrapped one of his gifts all in that duct tape. Oh, that's spectacular. I love it. <laughs> so he's going to well, be pissed when he has to open it though. Oh, it'll be great. It'll take him a while. Well, one thing we can always count on dad every Christmas is for some type of knife. He gives us every year some type of knife. It's great. Some type of tool, uh, usually some type of watch. And, and I love it because we kind of know what to expect. But Usually some type of nice sharpening, knife sharpening tool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's practical because it's things you need. That's where it's not about how much you spend. It's like when you get a gift from someone, you're like, I'm going to use that. And I wouldn't have thought to buy that for myself. To me, that's a good gift, whatever it, whatever it may be. And yeah, dads always give this ad. And, and that's what I always look for when I'm giving gifts. Like, okay, this person would probably not buy this for themselves, but they'll enjoy it. And what are your thoughts on this, Sam? Every Christmas um, I've started to do is buy myself a gift. I think you, you should treat yourself, uh, if, if not other time, Christmas is a good time. Do, do you believe in kind of splurging and getting yourself something? I really owe myself a 75-inch TV. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've, that's, that's the funny part. As much as I don't want to spend, I, as much as I don't want to spend money on you and family and anybody, Appreciate that. I don't spend, I, I don't spend money on myself. <laughs> I never do. I buy, I buy three for 10 t-shirts at the, at the t-shirt store and I wore clothes from like 10 years ago. I don't care. Hey, Hey, that first dollar you ever made, is it framed like in your, in your house, like on a wall somewhere? Uh, it's a silver coin, actually. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a special frame that's like your first paint. I'm gonna one day, one year. That's what you're getting. I'm gonna make something. I'll go out of my way, spend way more money than I should for a special frame for a dollar, and be like, "Hey, congratulations! Here's your first dollar you ever made." My perfect Christmas would be if everyone came together. Came together as one turned to me and almost sang, sang a song for me saying, you don't have to buy us gifts this year. And we mean it. <laughs> that would be the best gift. I think I would tear up. <laughs> you get a little emotional. That's great. That is great. That'd be the, the Christmas joy. You're just overcome with the Christmas spirit. Uh, wonderful stuff. Yeah. Well, I can't talk to you about Christmas without talking about some Christmas movies. What are some of your favorite Christmas movies? I, I'm pretty sure I know your your favorite one because uh, it's a Hersema Men uh, staple, I guess you could say. Uh, but what are some other? What are some of your favorite Christmas movies, and why do you like them so much? Well, Die Hard is the best Christmas movie of all time. Amen. Yeah. This is Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna tell playing me like, christmas party 1988 playing like run dmc christmas oh it was great but uh yeah you got actually uh home alone home alone 2 is probably my favorite one okay I, the first one's okay but the second one was like brilliant because it was the new york concept and seeing him on top of the uh twin towers kind of like when you really think about it, it kind of brings a tear to your eyes a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, not to uh, mention this, not to, president Trump's in it in, uh, in the home alone too. <laughs> when he's walking yeah. through the, the lobby, he's like, Hey, where's the lobby? And he's like down the hall to the left. 
There's President yeah. Trump right there making an appearance. Oh yeah, there's a, there's an inappropriate meme that I post every once in a while, and I I won't go into detail about that. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, <laughs> good, good, good. But uh, actually, I just watched it this year all the way through. I know you're not going to like this. This Krampus. Yeah, tell me about what is this? Thing? Val was telling me about this too. So it was kind of like a, it was like a Christmas story slash horror slash comedy. But Krampus is basically, you know, like kind of like the anti-Santa. He, you know, if you're bad, he comes for you. And then he shows you why you should be grateful. And if you watch the movie, you'll actually get it. Just watch the 2015 version of it. Don't watch any of the other ones. Watch the 2015 version of it. And you, if you actually give it a chance, you will agree with it. Okay. And you'll use it again. You'll use it against me too. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Any, any chance, oh. any chance I could. So, uh, okay. Well, Hey, however we get you in the spirit, whatever. It's a kind of a backwards, dark, uh, side of Christmas. Well, Hey, whatever, if it gets, some, if it gets the point across, uh, but Sam, what about a Christmas story? The, the BB gun movie, uh, that, that, that movie is just timeless, isn't it? And you and I are both proud members of a red Ryder uh, BB gun. Uh, the dad got us when we were kids. I know that's something we're very, uh, one of our proud possessions. Definitely. I, <clears throat> I do. I do like that movie, but you, it, it gets all those years when we had cable and it was replaying <laughs> for 24 hours straight. I was just like, I'm a, I want to kill myself by the end of Christmas <laughs> watching that movie. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> but it, it's, it's one of the greats. It, it yeah. is one of the greats. <laughs> but, but there is nothing better than Die Hard, as you mentioned. Like I, I, I look at that movie every so often and I'm like, Man, the idea to come up with this movie and make it a Christmas type theme with terrorists in LA, like all the different themes, you're just like, man, what a great idea for a film. And then every, pretty much every action movie after that was like, oh, this is Die Hard on a ship. This is Die Hard on a train. This is Die Hard. And like every movie after that was like, okay, this is pretty much Die Hard, but in a different setting. So I think it was one of its kind, and Bruce Willis was amazing. I mean, he was a com he was a comedy actor before being an action star, which was even more funny. But I I think the details of Die Hard are what make it so good and timeless. <clears throat> Every little thing about it, I <laughs> uh, everything down from you know the explosion on top of the roof to the uh, Bruce Willis fighting the fighting the brother, the brother of the guy he had already killed. Oh yeah, what was his name again? I can't remember. They're just like when they're when when he's fighting him, you're just like you should have heard your brother squeal when I broke his freaking neck. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, talking, <laughs> yeah, like moments like that were so real in that movie. Like now everyone. It, like when everyone fights now, they're all quiet and everything. Like it, if you were to fight someone you were fighting for your life, I'd be swearing at that dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you. mother. Like, it's not like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to get you. Like, no, you, you probably let it, even the, the most, uh, you know, soft-spoken person out there, if they got in a life or death situation, you got to imagine that they would, they would utter some things they probably never said before. But yeah, it's a little thing like the, the media, 
making the media look stupid, making the FBI look, you know, like they're hot shots and they're rolling in the, the LAPD. Uh, cheers, Sam, as he pours another, another tall glass here. It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas, Theo. Um, Hans Gruber. I mean, one of the best villains of all time. God, God rest in peace. Alan Rickman. I mean, uh, just everything about that movie. I love watching it once a year and usually it's with you around Christmas time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Alan Rickman. Every time, every time I hear that man's voice, that is the voice of a villain. He was great. Yeah. That yes. I get the same, I get the same feeling every time. It's like a chill down my spine when he, when he picks up the gun right before he kills um, the CEO. Nakatomi. They're not going to, not going to work here anymore. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Um, uh, Dick, Dikagi, 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 Yoshin, Dikagi, or whatever his name is. Yeah, and he he's about to pick, he picks up the gun from the table and he goes, "The code, please." <laughs> like, there's a chill down my spine. It feels like like ice is back there every single time, and it hasn't stopped since. It's like, but it's like a good, it's a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Each and every time. And, and you know what? It's funny. Like the little things you see in movies that I just, I'm like, that wouldn't be happening. Like it's Christmas Eve, right? In LA. And the guy at the front desk at one time, he's watching a football game and it's allegedly USC against Notre Dame. I'm like, they would never be playing on Christmas Eve. I mean, I'm a guy about the details. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, man, of all the homework you guys did, you guys tried to sell me on Notre Dame and SC playing on Christmas Eve. Come on now. Come on, yeah. details. Yeah. I got 50 bucks on these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, evening officer, what can I do for it? I mean, a million and one lines, not to mention Carl Winslow. God bless him coming, coming from Chicago to, to uh, be in, in Los Angeles, LAPD, and, and doing the Lord's work. I mean, Carl Winslow being in, in the movie, he wasn't Carl Winslow necessarily, but we all knew him from Family Matters, and there he is. Sergeant Al Powell, uh, LAPD's finest, getting his car all shot up. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. He was just picking up donuts for his wife, Sam, and all of a sudden he was in the middle of a big-time event on Christmas Eve in Nakatomi Plaza in 1988. I mean, come on, who doesn't love uh, Sergeant Al Powell, a.k.a. Carl Winslow? They're turning my car into Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, it, you know, in all honesty, the the best part, the best line in that movie is in the beginning when uh, when Bruce Willis gets actually gets to Nakatomi Plaza. He gets up to the party level. This guy comes up to him. He goes, Merry Christmas, man. And then he kisses him. <laughs> yeah. And then Bruce Willis with that charm, that charming look. Fucking California. <laughs> <laughs> it's timeless, man. It's timeless. Let me ask it, you. It's totally true. <laughs> let me ask you, since you've kind of been around uh, corporate and this and that, like as far as the Christmas party side of things, I don't know if you guys do that stuff in your job. How accurate, have you ever been a part of something like that at any of the jobs you've had where it's a big Christmas party, not a holiday party, Christmas party. And uh, it's kind of like people are there, but they don't really want to be there. Yeah, that's usually the case. <laughs> um, uh, other than, you know, the company I work at now, they actually throw legendary Christmas parties. But Ooh. unfortunately, 
my first year here. I'm not going to be able, no, no one's going to be able to actually have a party this year because, because of COVID. Yeah. China virus. But it's, you know, as a, uh, as a constellation prize, they usually give us a, a hefty gift card. Nice little bonus, if you will. Yeah. I can't say the amount because if my, if the actual company I work for heard the amount, <laughs> they would, that would be against company is, policy. Is it a, mem- <laughs> is it a membership so. to the jelly of the month club? Like in Christmas vacation? <clears throat> How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Another fantastic Christmas movie. Uh, one of my favorites indeed. Um, well, well, Sam, I know you're not, well, you, you're, you're adjusting as you get older here. Uh, do you have all your Christmas shopping done? Are you, are you ready to go? I, I went like all online this year. I got to tell you, it, is, it, is, it took quite the load off to just sit here and push buttons and be like, oh my goodness, I'm done. Plus you can drink while doing it. It's way more fun than fighting car lines and all that other stuff. You know, in all honesty, I did my shopping this year. It's not its not a long list of people. You know, it's you, it's dad, it's Val, it's my chick. I don't really care about anybody else. And me and Fred have, a, have an understanding about Christmas. <laughs> Neither one of us is going to spend money on each other because we don't give a shit. So Fred, Fred, Fred as you know, he's my baby boo, but... I'm not spending money on him, and he's not going to spend money on me either. So, the rest of it, like, dude, the, the shopping wasn't actually that bad. That says a lot from you. Yeah, I, I, I was. You were on the phone with me when I was doing a majority of my shopping. <laughs> I was just, I was just like, aside from the person talking over the intercom, and I was just like, "We shut the fuck up. None of us want to be here." But, sir, know, please be that, safe. Yeah, please, please wear your mask. I I did have somebody, I did have somebody tell me, sir, you need to make sure your mask is over ne- over your nose. And I was just, just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah, that's fine. And then I pulled, as I walked by him, I pulled it down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you can go to hell. People. You can go to hell. I'm already wearing a mask, and I don't want to stop being the fucking Nazi police. Yeah, no kidding, Sam. You're you're endangering lives. Yeah, because my nose is, yeah, because my nose is not covered. Call me freaking Rudolph. I mean, people people act like uh, people who don't wear their masks, like people act like uh, members of Al-Qaeda are walking around, I mean, shooting people or something. It's ridiculous. It's like, dude, it's a mask. Like, it's probably not doing anything anyway, but it's for you, so you can feel better. Anyway, uh, we, we have plenty of time to get into that stuff. I would welcome I cut Al-Qaeda as opposed to this communist logic. <laughs> so stop it. Oh, you're going to get us off the air. Oh, that. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Well, Sam, what else? Uh, uh, five days, four days, whatever it is, a couple days until Christmas, uh, Monday morning. Uh, you have a short work week, don't you? You got to at least be happy for that. Oh man, I'm not going to do anything all week. <laughs> all week yeah no it's all week trust me I, I i do the head counts throughout the facility and no everyone's checked out man nobody's there we're just all there to look pretty wow this whole week's gonna be about you know making coffee and watching netflix 
that's about it. Good to know. Good to know you're making uh, the big the big bucks. I will not have that experience. I'm sure uh, my workload will be a lot different. But hey, that's life in the big city. Um, well, Sam, in closing, I mean, you have any any final thoughts, any words of wisdom, whether it be Christmas related, football related, just life related. Uh, any other topics you want to discuss or final uh, thoughts, final words of wisdom? Um. <laughs> Your team will always let you down. Yes. 100%. That's about it. Yes. And that's football. That's life too. Much like a, a battered girlfriend. I mean, don't you, you keep going back though. You're going to look, you're going to watch them lose probably again next Sunday. Right. And then the Sunday after that, you're just going to keep coming back. Yeah. Because I think a, I love them. It's a, <laughs> I can, ch- I can change them. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's sad. It's sad, but Hey, that's the life we live. When people tease me, that's a funny thing, Sam, when people tease me about the Rams losing, I'm like, tease me about the Rams losing. <laughs> I've seen more Rams losses <laughs> than I ever care to see. Like the Rams losing is no surprise to me. Heck, you texted me right after the game kicked off, said, yep, the Rams are losing today. I'm like, uh, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, do you, think, do you think I didn't make it through the years of Chris Everett? <laughs> Chris Everett, yeah. Inside, inside joke. <laughs> yeah. No, a buddy texted me. He was like, oh, the Lambs. I'm like, you think that like hurts my feelings or something, that the Rams are losing? I got news for you, buddy. I'm immune to the Rams losing, especially against teams they're better than. Uh, I've watched this my entire life. I, I am absolutely – Sam, you and I are vaccinated to the Rams losing. We, we have the vaccine. We, we, don't, we don't suffer the way we used to. We get angry maybe, but we have the vaccine for Rams losing because we're immune to it. Yeah, and much like the death toll – the Rams win 1% of the time. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case. I hope they can beat Seattle. And uh, I, I think the season is rapidly approaching an end. Um, we kind of know who's who now. Uh, the playoffs are shaping up. It's going to be a fun final couple of weeks. Uh, we got Christmas on Friday, NFL Week 16 on Sunday. Uh, also some games on Saturday. How about that for a Merry Christmas? Three NFL games on Saturday. I mean, what a magical time of the year. I don't care what anybody says about 2020. It's been a magical year. (laughs) I don't know if I go that far. (laughs) No, it really has. (laughs) I went from, I went from working two day work weeks to last week. We had, we had a football game six days out of the week. You're right. That was magical. And, And I'm sorry. Any year that that happens, I don't care how many deaths there are. Oh, that's geez. magical. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. Hey, you're why we bring you on. That's why we bring you on. Spice it up. But man, that was a little that was a little salty there, Sam. Brutal, 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 brutal. Well, uh, oh. well, Sam, uh, you've been living that, in California too long, bro. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> well, that's a way to finish off the uh, the uh, interview here, I guess, Sam. I will see you Friday morning. Uh, at dad's place for Merry Christmas. We'll have some uh, gifts, some, some good food, I'm sure, some, some, some drinks. It'll be a nice little Christmas morning, I hope, and uh, looking forward to seeing you then. Yeah, we, we might find ourselves on, uh, might find each other on uh, Christmas Eve too. Oh, we ha- yes, we have to keep the tradition alive. In-N-Out Burger at some point. 
Uh, you work during the day. I work at night, so it's going to be a challenge. But maybe late night we can uh, fit it in at some point. I know that each of us looks forward to those animal-style fries and those double-doubles. But what I really look forward to is Dr. Pepper. I don't drink soda all year, and that <laughs> is my true gift. <laughs> I want, really want some Dr. Pepper. Christmas Eve. In and out Burger. We've been doing it a long time. Uh, just something, uh, man, it's got to be 15 years going on or something like even longer, but it just fits. You've done it longer. You yeah. did it longer. I, I chimed in around 10 years ago, 10, I don't know, 10, 13 years ago or something like that. Yeah. No, it's good anytime, but it's a nice little tradition, much like Easter with the McDonald's breakfast and everything. So got to make it happen. We'll make it happen. I'll come to you or meet you halfway. We'll figure it out. Christmas Eve in and out burger. It is Samuel Hersema. I will see you then. Thanks for joining us tonight for the Monday episode of the get home safe podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, of course, man. All right. Merry Christmas to everybody. Krampus is coming and have a good night. Sam Hersema, thanks for joining us once again on the Get Home Safe podcast. Monday mornings are a lot more fun in talking to you about some of the sports from the weekend. Great times sharing uh, some of the uh, memories from Christmas and also looking forward to making some new memories uh, with the Christmas season coming up uh, a few short days away from celebrating Christmas. Looking forward to spending that time with you, my brother. Should be a lot of fun and looking forward to sharing a few gifts, some laughs. It should be a great time. And I know deep down, deep down, Sam, you come across like you hate this Christmas season, but I know deep down you're just you're just rebelling a little bit. You like it. You like at least a part of it. So anyway, cheers, Sam. I will see you on Friday and uh, looking forward to having you back on the podcast with us next week as we break down more sports from next weekend. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode. Thanks for bearing with us as we uh, chatted away about sports and Christmas and my opening rant. Appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day as it is here uh, Christmas week. There's uh, plenty of people who I'm sure are off. Usually this time of year, kids are off of school, but kids have been off of school for so many months. So a uh, very different time, right? Very different for everybody. 2020, man, let's, uh, we're almost to 2021. Let's flip that page on the calendar. I can't wait. I'm sure you can't as well. Uh, it should be uh, a lot of fun the rest of the week, whether you're baking cookies or getting off early from work or having a Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve or maybe celebrating the 23rd, whatever the case is for you guys. I hope everyone has a great week ahead. Um, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, I heard something on the radio from Dennis Prager last week when, when someone was telling him, you know, how can you celebrate and be happy? You know, this time of year when everything, you know, there's so many terrible things going on and, and so many other people are suffering. And his point was, well, then in uh, then in all of history, there's no reason to celebrate because there's always somebody suffering, always somebody going through some uh, tough time. So you should never celebrate then if that is your argument. So I thought that was great. There's plenty of people suffering, plenty of people going through tough times. Uh, maybe, maybe you are, you know, I know I have, but you know what? Ultimately, we need to look at the glass half full. And maybe pour a little bit extra in that glass and make it full full. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, uh, plenty to be thankful for. And the Christmas season is here. 
Uh, can't wait for Friday, Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve Eve, just uh, all of the above. Uh, a great week ahead, and I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week of Christmas celebrations. Uh, guys, on Wednesday, we will be joined by Bill Barnes as normal, as uh, he is always here on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. So that is uh, tentatively scheduled to occur. That should be happening unless Bill gets called away on a secret Christmas mission of some kind. But we're going to try to record that episode on Tuesday at some point. So if you have any questions for Bill, be sure to get those in or you want to tell him he's dead wrong about something, anything, send in some info. Uh, he, he would love to hear from the listeners out there. Uh, on Friday, we're going to be joined by Tracy McFate. He was on the program a few months back. Tracy was a very influential in my officiating career. Um, he's retired now. He lives in Las Vegas. He listens to the program quite a bit. Um, he was affiliated with Azusa Pacific University football for a short time when he was working there. Uh, in, in their financial department and also helping out in the football side of things. Um, he's going to talk to us about what it was like uh, being a part of the program and how uh, how important that program was to the community. Because as you know, recently, Azusa Pacific University terminated their football program. And so that's a big news for people in the Glendora, Azusa area, uh, San Gabriel Valley. Just uh, terrible news uh, as Azusa Pacific, one of the only Division II football programs in Southern California. So Tracy will fill us in uh, on that, maybe fill us in at some of the insight from the administration, former players, and also just talk about his thoughts on college football, the Rams, the NFL. Should be a fun interview on Friday. So be sure to tune in on that one on Christmas morning. We'll put that out Christmas morning. And if you don't get to it till Saturday, the 26th, Hey, totally understand. Uh, there's plenty to, uh, to uh, be doing on Christmas morning, but that's the plan for now to put an episode out on Christmas morning, uh, with Tracy McFade and just to get to that episode at your leisure. Well, guys, there's plenty of ways to listen, excuse me, to listen and to follow the get home safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is get home safe pod. Our Facebook and Instagram pages, Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. If you'd like to contact us, ask us some questions, be sure to send in those questions and information. Uh, probably, uh, you know, if, probably the day before an episode is to air, if you want that question to be answered or the content to be ad- addressed. Uh, on the upcoming episode. Otherwise, it might uh, you know, be addressed later on down the road. But anyway, we would love to hear from you, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here at the Get Home Safe Podcast. It's Monday. There's a big week ahead. Christmas is Friday. I hope you're all doing well. And uh, you know what? Hey, it's going to be a short week, guys. Everyone, just get through it. It'll be, uh, it'll be here before you know it, Christmas morning, Christmas Eve. Uh, can't wait. I know you're excited as well, or I hope you are. But uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there, and uh, have a great week ahead as we roll right along here, not only on the Get Home Safe podcast, but also wrapping up this crazy year of 2020. It's almost over, guys. It's almost over. Merry Christmas to all. Have a great week. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe. Get home safe.